Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. It's a Saturday night. You're probably trying to figure out what we're doing here. Well, if you've been paying attention to the shows, we've got a new program coming out called the Above the Bar podcast. The Above the Bar podcast, and it's called After the Lights Go Out, where we're going to get a chance to talk to professional athletes, Division One athletes, about what it was like when their careers came to an end and they moved on to the next chapter in their lives. We're not looking to, you know, we're, we're not looking for the 30 on 30 stories. We're not looking, you know, I don't need to hear about Ric Flair's uh, exploits type stuff. What we want to know though is, Hey, what was that transition? Like, what did you, what were some of the things that you did? And to start this off, uh, we're, we're going, look, if y'all know me, I mean, it's right there. It's black and purple all day for me. I mean, I've even, you know, I was going to wear my number 37 jersey. If you're a hardcore Ravens fan, you know who number 37 was. He's now the coach at Colorado. Primetime himself, Dion, because he had number 37 because that was his age when he came back. And then, you, you know, I got my number 20 baseball style jersey because Ed Reed, I mean, is just a monster. We all know Ed. But I'm going to see what. Our first guest, 2003, he entered the league. He was a sixth-round draft pick, number 193. He's a little fella. He's a little short guy like myself. He's only six foot six. little short guy like me. I'm five, seven and a half. You know, load of shit. But he is from D.C. He is from D.C., so I'll give him that. I wonder if he was a Deadskins fan. He's going to have to let me know if he was a Deadskins fan when he was growing up. But he is from D.C., just down the road from Baltimore. He understands the DMV which we all love the DMV, if you know what's up. Giant slices of pizza from from down in D.C., great Ethiopian food, so we got all that. So joining us as our first guest before our second one one jumps on here, coming all the – you have to tell me where he's at now. I don't even know where he he stays at now. 2003 Ravens, uh, Mr. Marquise. What's up, Sean? How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing good. I mean, you like that little fella, little short guy. Yeah, I never heard being six foot six being short, but you know what? I'll take it. That's all good. No problem at all. I've told the story about a thousand times on here. I am the shortest person on my father's side of the family in my generation, whether male or female, at five, seven and a half. The women are five, nine and better. And I was so short that they actually took me to a geneticist because they were concerned. And the doctor had to tell my had to tell my father like he's just gonna be he's on he's got his mother's height because like <laughs> my dad was six one or six two. You may have uh, you ever heard of Trent Murphy? Of course. So Trent is my oldest cousin's oldest boy. Okay, I know Trent. Sure. So so that'll give you an idea of the size we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're not as big as us. I mean, I'm six six, Jonathan six nine, but. Yeah, some pretty tall boys on that on that on that side. Well, well Trent's six six. His brother, who's at uh, Arizona, six seven. Okay, okay. And, yeah, and then there's me, and they all there just you know. well, it's whatever. Just don't. Just, like, just don't mention your height, dog. You're, you're, you know, you're, 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 you're doing I, your you know what I did twenty years in the Marine Corps, so kiss my ass. So I, I had a, I had to figure it out some way. So i i, I want to jump right into it we normally go into sponsors and all that stuff but i know you got some things to do we got a limited time with your brother but i'm gonna to have to ask you do you remember who the most famous baltimore player to ever wear num- number number 70 is number 70 uh wouldn't that uh, wouldn't that be uh uh was that Artie diamond yes sir yeah so i thought right. yeah I thought, yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, so all those guys, man, were, you know, my guys, man, Artie Donovan, Tom Matty, Jim Parker, uh, you know, Lenny Moore, you know, Lenny man, Moore. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember shaking uh, Johnny Nice's hands. Uh, I mean, I did it very softly because I was, I was in high school 
and you know, he was there with the Ravens and all that. And I met him. Just I got a chance to shake his hand. I, I felt so bad because he couldn't even like grip, you know what I mean? Because it's the stuff we went through. But I got a chance to shake his hand very gently. Kind of reminded I got a chance to meet uh, John Wooten when uh, okay. uh, my brother was inducted to the Hall of Fame for UCLA. And he was playing the Broncos. And so I took off there. That's when our father passed away. So I got a chance to meet Bill Walton. I got a chance to meet John Wooten. I actually got a chance to shake Mr. Wooten's hand. And like, I mean, he was like, you know, it's mid to late. He was like, it's mid 90. He passed for a couple years later. But like, I got a chance to shake his hand. And remember, it's kind of like him and uh, Johnny and I were kind of that same, like, you do it, but you do it very, very gently. Very, right. very, you don't want to hurt the, who know their hand, but they were just amazing men all around. Oh, that's so awesome. And, and look, I mean, let, let's be honest, brother. You were a hell of a ball. I mean, I can remember watching you play in, in 03. And you, I mean, you got Jackson, Baltimore, Buffalo, and Tennessee. I do want to ask a quick Buffalo question because I spent some time out there. Sure. Is the was the mafia the same way since the old 2000s? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, the mafia has been that way since since like the like the the eighties. You know, I mean they have always been gung ho Buffalo. I lived in West Hamburg, New York. I mean, they always supported the team. They were always like, you know, getting and his thing, yeah, remember, right? So Buffalo, it's a very blue collar town, right? 100%. Very blue collar. So when I played there, I think the median side was like eighteen thousand a year, something like that. So for them to support the Bills and that whole the Bills Mafia that's kind of what they really got into. There's no basketball, no baseball, any of that. So it was all Buffalo all the time. And, you know, the Bills were clients of mine for a number of years. So I got a chance to meet and kind of mentor a little bit, you know, Josh Allen, Tredavious White, Ed Oliver, uh, you know, Tremaine Evans is now in Chicago, uh, you know, some of those guys, uh, Deion Dawkins. And I told those guys, look, man, playing in Buffalo, you got to remember this is – the place that you know people like you know jim kelly andre reed thurman, thurman thomas Tommy. like you know those guys you know on bb super gone bb you know great guy you know so i'm gonna tell you man so the bills mafia has always been just that the bills mafia interesting before we get into what, what we're here to talk about don bb the catch you know the one where he lands on his head and then oh yeah oh yeah could you imagine if that happened today he'd be on concussion protocol for three seasons I was talking to somebody about this earlier, man. I love, you know, I, you know, I, I love, I love football. But the funny thing is, right? Like, if the game has changed so much, like it's changed, like it's gone, like it's just not the same. It's just, it's just not the same. You Do you know, know what? changed it, Warren Sapp. Hmm. I, honestly, a lot of people they talk about this player and that player. Think about Warren Sapp at the combine ran like a four six or something like that i'd have to double check it in the 40 think about a man that size running it that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll tell you that it changes the game well the game and not just that man Sean, i'm talking about like the way in which you know you can't hit the quarterback oh you know, yeah like the tr like training camp you can't have like pads on you know, you know so many times a year i mean it's just different. I mean, we, we we would be out in pads, man. I mean, we had I mean we had like Jack Del Rio, wasn't that bad. Even Brock has us out there in pads a lot. Malarkey had us in pads till week 16, hitting. I mean, it's just different today. I mean, there's good to it, but it's also bad. I feel the great thing is players are not able to are, you can get a little bit more body, you know, not having all the things you go through, but also I feel that kind of not that great because sometimes you can't really get used to like the hitting, the timing, all that. So it's just a lot of things that happen. You know what I mean? But now you bring, bring up a great point and this is a great transition. So your last season was 07, correct? Uh, 07, 08. Yep. 07, 08. You, you finished that season and that the last one was Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And what is that? You know, we've all seen what's the one on HBO. Um, Hard knocks, hard knocks, and you see players that, that that get let go. But normally, they're like the free agent that's trying to make the team. They're they're not a name. Mm -hmm. and what was that? Let's start with that conversation. I, I don't mm -hmm. think most people know what those conversations are like or can understand that conversation. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's like for me, I I was having some injuries with my back, and I was having some injuries with just not being able to play the game at a high level anymore. So I kind of knew that it was time to move on. So I talked to Jeff Fisher, who's my head coach, let him know what was happening. And we kind of had a discussion and we disagreed. Mark's like, you know what? If you go ahead and just go in this direction, you'll be able to get a settlement. You're able to get money from, you know, from the team you play for, you know, if that's accredited, it'll help you with your, your, your time in the league. And it, it made a lot of sense, right? But you've okay. got some young guys who are just trying to start out and they don't really have that, you know, that next plan. And then you see guys that really put their all into it and they just don't have what it takes. I mean, to play at that level, I was I was just telling the, uh, the girl I'm, I'm talking to, I was like, to play at that level, it's such a high caliber. It's just so much and that you have to literally, your body goes through so much pain, through so much agony. I mean, it's great, but then like there's other parts that you don't see, right? Like the, the pain, the the painkillers that, you know, trying to get yourself ready for the next day. And I was telling her, sometimes you would work like, you know, 15, 16, 17 hour, 18 hour days. You know what I mean? Like between training camp and then by the time you're done with training camp, you get to regular season. When that happens, it's, it lightens up. But training camp, man, is a bear. So really and truly, they call it the Reaper Man who walks around and, you know, tells guys, hey, man, take your playbook and go see the head coach and, you know, and that's when you know that you know you're you're done. You have to either either hope another team picks you up, or maybe you come back. But when they say when the Reaper Man tells you bring your playbook and go see the coach, you know that you're done. You're done. done. You're done. And and to see a lot of guys who unfortunately didn't have credit seasons, didn't play, didn't get vested, you know things like that. Those are the guys that are really like I feel are like wow. I hope my else picks me up. If they don't, then what is next? And a lot of guys, right, Sean, they don't know what is next. What, what's the next thing on the agenda? And, and that's really what I what I wanted to get into is, so you, you've kind of mentioned this, and I don't know the full collective bargaining agreement you guys have. So is there, I feel with, depending upon how many teams are with the teams you're with, you start gaining credits towards like a retirement? How does that work? So if you play three years, three games, you get vested, you get pension, you can get 401k, you can get retirement benefits. So like when I retired on 0708, I was covered for five years after I retired from medical for free. Then once that's up, you can either do Cobra or find your own. And then I mean, I'm vested. It's funny. I was just telling the girl I'm talking to, I was just telling her the same thing. I'm like, it's great because you're vested, but it sucks because you can't keep putting money in because you're no longer an NFL employee. But I mean, I have a 401k. I have our Burt Roselle pension plan. I'll start making money. Um, I'm, uh, 50, when I'm 55. I can take it early. But I don't want to take, pay a penalty. So 55 and I get more when I'm 65. And then I have some other benefits and things of that nature that are part of it. I'm also part of like, the NFL legends, NFL retired players association. And all those things help me with like, you know, I want to like, do like you know, get all types of like discounts, or if I want to travel somewhere, if I want to you know get some type of uh, you know mentoring or coaching or the faith place may be, those are the things that I can do from there. Okay, so they there was there's more to it now today that that's available to players. It came it came into play. And, well, the the pension and the four hundred one k has always been there, but like all the other stuff came into play in two thousand thirteen with like. NFL legends, NFL retired players, like all that came in 2013 as part of that new CBA. Gotcha. So here it is. You, you've you been playing. You've had some injuries. You're feeling it. I, I imagine if you're anything like most of the players I, I've ever spoke to, you were probably eight or nine when you started. Here it is. This has been a major part of your life. When was the realization for you that this is done – and how did you move beyond that? So I realized I was done fully when I, after I lost my construction company and I moved to Raleigh and I was like, mm, I want to try to go back. And I remember doing a workout. I was 32 years old with my old player personnel director. I'm sorry, my old director of pro personnel for the Bills, John Guy down in Florida. And that went well. And I was like, oh my God, I got this video. Uh, but I was like, mm, if I send this out, 
It's probably not going to do anything. So I sent it to one of my colleagues in the NFL. I said, Mark, this looks really, really good. But, you know, you're 32 years old. You know, you haven't played in a while. You know, it's time to move on. And so when he told me that, that's what I was like, okay, it's time to move on. So I, mean, I played like some indoor football and stuff like that just to have fun and stay active and all that. But I really realized when I got to Raleigh that in 2000, oh, what was that, 2013, I was like, man, yeah, it's time to move on. So we've all heard the stories, you know, the guys going through different emotional roller coasters and, and these type of things. Was that anything you experienced? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, when I, when I retired after I, after that last season, 07, 08, it was rough. I mean, it was rough. Like, what do you do next? And you know, you get hooked on painkillers, nightlife, just, you know, all the things not good because you don't have a plan. Right? You don't know what to do next. You don't know what that looks like. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know how you're going to make money. You don't know how you're going to survive. And so all those things play a part in your mind. Like, wow, what really is next? So so what got you then? Because you're a lawyer now? Are they, are they no. <laughs> I thought no. I because no, I know no, you're a speaker. A you do funny. speaking no. engagements. I'm a speaker. I'm a coach, okay. a consultant. All consultant, that. No, not, that was it. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. No, 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 no. I don't know where I got lawyer from. I had it in my Me head. Me neither, but that's pretty funny, though. But no, I don't. I don't. I was going to ask for Maybe it's the suit in your picture. You got a pretty pimp ass suit on. In your picture? Oh, so, somebody else says I look good in suits. I wonder. I mean, maybe that. I mean, that could have been it. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. A friend, uh, this, 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 this lady I'm, I'm uh, dating and very crazy about. I tell her all the time. She, she's like, "Why do you look good in suits?" I'm like, "Well, I, I dress up pretty good. I, I wear suits to my work as a speaker. So the fact Clean that she good. likes it is kind of a bonus." So, so what then pulled you from from that point? I mean, it, and look, if I'm poking, if I'm poking the bear, I mean, I'm glad this is through a podcast. I mean, the other side to this is your brother is the first ever drafted Raven, Ring of Honor, Hall of Famer. Your career went four seasons. What pulled you out to go? Damn, what what happened? Like, what pulled you from that? So far as pulled me from like this, like the fact of like realizing it was over or, or, or moving on out of the funk, back. out of the funk. And it's oh, time. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it's that, you know, like it's funny to say, like, so, you know, I got almost six years, played 14th, got almost six years and it was great. It was absolutely amazing. But what pulled me out of it was realizing that when I hit my rock bottom after losing my home, all my money, my businesses and starting over from scratch is that if I don't get it together now, I'm going to be in this same place and not going anywhere. I'm actually talking to you from my new home. I, bu I bought a new home like two months ago. Really, really nice. Uh, outside, I live in Fuquay, Berean in North Carolina, like right outside of Raleigh. So like, you know, it's it. Yep. So like, I mean, so, but it all started with me overcoming my rock bottom moment as a custodian, making 825 an hour saying, you know what? If I don't get out of this funk right here, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. I had already lost my business. I had lost my home, my money, friends, all that. So I was like, wow, if I don't fix this, I'm going to be right here for the rest of my life. And so that was what that was the quote unquote, the funk that got me out to now while I'm speaking, coaching, consulting, have a podcast, uh, four time bestselling author, all these things. But I tell everybody, look. You see now, but go back 10 years when I had nothing and nobody believed in me. See if you want to be have my life then. If you want to have my life then, you can have it now. But if you don't want my life back then, 10 years ago when I had no money, I had nothing, I was broke and had nothing, then don't ask for my life now. Now, so I'm listening to, you know, David Goggins? Of course, yeah, of course. I'm listening to, to David, and I advise people, if you've never heard David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, I'm listening to the book, which I, my son read the book. I'm listening to the book. He even says the listening to it is better than reading. Because David's in there, and um, he actually um, gets, gets involved in the stories and everything, and tells you what tells you what's going on and everything. But it almost sounds to me like you, your story, Marquis. I mean, obviously it's not the same. Everybody's story is the same. I, I believe that, but. Yeah, but how much of your NFL 
I'm getting a little feedback from you for half a sec. Um, how much of your NFL time that that learning experience of preparation, getting ready? Because when you say, I mean, I, I that's mind-boggling to me that you were a janitor. Uh, if those of you that are watching the, the live, she just walked away. Uh, Imara is going to jump on here in a, in a minute. But, but her and I were talking about some players in, in a private conversation that she told me what they're doing. And I was shocked by what some of the guys are doing after the NFL because, look, I am a fan. I Look, I say it all the time, purple and black. There is nothing else for me. You know what I mean? It, it used to be blue and white up until 83 and made Jim Mersey get a tooth infection for the rest of his freaking life. Um, I live and die in Baltimore. Look, Marquise, I live and die in that, that place. But, but what was it in that – that training, that mental state that pulled you, because I think there's a lot of people out there and I know you got to get ready to go. So I know I'm, I'm holding you for a minute, but what is it that you could pass on to other people that have seen that, that they feel like they're in their funk bottom that you could say to them, Hey, look, you're, you might think you're there. There's another step down. Here's how you take a step up though. So this is actually, nobody knows this. I haven't said this to anybody, but I'm probably gonna get this tattooed on my right hand, okay? There's four Vs. Hi, Mara, how are you, dear? You're I'm okay? good, how are you, Mara? I'm well, I'm well. Tell Mr. J. Lou, I said hi. And, uh, I yeah, absolutely will. That's my guy, so I love, I love her, love her husband. They're just great people. But I'm gonna probably get this exactly. tattooed on my right hand, okay? The four Vs, if, and I heard this at a mastermind. If you are struggling right now, do the four Bs, okay? So that's visualize, vocalize, vote, vicinity, right? So I am uh, recently divorced, right? And so I was living in, and Mara, you don't know this either. I was living in an apartment in November of last year, okay? November, I was down, I was out. I had moved in on my birthday after divorce and having to get out of the house. I only had three weeks to get out. I was living in there and I hated where I was. I hated my life. I hate everything about what I was going through. Didn't have my daughter half the time. I hated everything, right? I look at what I did and I look to a mask and I said, these four things changed my life. I visualize, right? So if you're listening, what do you want? Look at it, vision, figure it out, see it. Uh, whatever you want that so for me, it was a home, right? I wanted to have a new home for me and my daughter by November 15th of 2023. That was my visualization, okay? Vocalize, tell myself every day, you are good enough, you are smart enough, you are hardworking enough, you are, you deserve the best. Like that's how I vocalized it, right? Vote, cast a positive vote every day. Talk to somebody, do a podcast, reach out, positive words, whatever the case may be, Throw a positive vote every day. You may not win the battle, but you keep like you're going to win the war. And then vicinity. Change who the hell you are around, right? If you are around toxic people, you will become toxic, period. Okay. If you're around people that are negative and talking all that BS and all that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You become that. So I, I, was, I visualized what I wanted. I vocalized who I am. I voted every day. I changed my vicinity. I moved into my brand new home six months ahead of schedule. Bought my house May 15th of this year. And I'm the only person in this entire neighborhood so far that is, a, is lives in here by himself. Now, I'm dating somebody. Hopefully, one of these days, she'll come and move in with these people. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I live in here. I, I bought it by myself. Right? So I don't have anybody. There's, there's no, it was, it was me. So if you're listening, do those four Bs. That will change your life. And I know what? It damn sure changed mine. Visualize, vocalize, vote. Vote the city. Brother, I, I mean, I know you got to get ready to run. I know you got. And you got a superstar. You you got a superstar. Look, she, but she you know what? Amar is already like, Sean, I know this one. I know that one. I know this one. I know that. And we're, we're <laughs> like, oh, but you know what? She's going to give us that other other side of the picture. The the spouse who's going from and, and folks with us right now, Amara Lewis. I can't say enough kind things about her and what she's done. 
And, and look, folks, go find Marquise. If, if you're looking for a speaker for, for something, reach out to Marquise. If you've got an organization looking for something, you've heard him just now. He's got the experience. This is not somebody who's going to stand up there, and I can't stand these guys. Up. So I've made a billion dollars today, and I'll make a billion dollars tomorrow. And let me go ahead and tell you that you suck because you didn't make a billion dollars. Now, my man's going to tell you, look, I was at the top of the hill. I fell down the hill. I picked myself back up the hill. And I moved on. That's why I talked about, you know, David Goggins. It's the same kind of a story. Keep moving up the hill. Every day failure is your success because that is where we learn from. That is where we move from. I have truly been a student of that. Stop feeling sorry for yourself because guess what? Nobody gives a shit. And you know what? I'm going to say this real fast before I go. Imara is exactly who you need to have because she has stuck by J. Lou since at college, the NFL, all this stuff. <laughs> and she still sticks by her man, right? It doesn't matter if Jay Lou ain't played ball in a long, long, right? Years. Right. But she's still right there, sticks by him. I see her post a picture of her and him and the kids, family. Like, that's what we call a real woman. Sticks by her man. That's it's it. not about the glitz. It's not about the glam. It's not about the glory. Yeah. She's been there with him through. And J. Lou's got, I mean, I, I know J. Lou's been through a lot, man. I mean, great player, but he was a little guy. I mean, he's taken some hits. I mean, he's gone through yeah. a lot. And I know what she's had to ride with to stay by her man. Marquise. I know what she's gone through. Marquise. So, again, people are listening. This is a woman you need to hear because she really understands from the white oh. side what the hell we go through and we've gone through to get through where we are today. Well, you keep listening to us. I know you got to you got to go get a princess here real quick. I'll hit you up soon, brother, and we'll talk. Sounds good, Mark. Go crush it. Tell Jamie that I said hi. Thank you. So good seeing you. Talk to you I love you. Love you All right. Bye. Hey. So again, folks, joining us, Miss Imara Lewis, radiant, stunning. Got got on her got on her jersey. Look, I'm, I look I had to wear this jersey, though. Like, I had to wear this one, <laughs> Marine Corps version. I had to wear this one because I couldn't decide, you know, who was I going to be today? Was it? Yeah. You know, we talked about it earlier. I got my my Deion Sanders number 37 upstairs. I got my number 20 baseball style. But for those of you who don't know, know Amara's husband, Jermaine, um, yeah. he, number 84, um, <laughs> for all my Giants fans that listen to this, He's the guy that returned the the Super Bowl. Uh, was off, it? Yeah. Was a punt? Kickoff. It was a kickoff. Kick, kickoff yes, for a touchdown he, in the, the Super Giants Bowl. The Giants just had a kickoff, and yeah. then he came right back in and, and, and put it in your ass. Yeah, because um, that's what we do. Ran it right on back. We're yes. all Mar we're all Maryland folks, so that's what we do. We put it to you, right? Um, right. So you know, and Mar but. The biggest thing is the reason that, you know, I was introduced to Omar and Marquise by Nathan Hardster. We love Nathan. He wasn't able to make it with us today, but for good reason. I don't know if Omar knows. We'll talk after if you, I'll tell you the reason. Oh, okay. But I'll okay. tell you, look, it, it it's a good reason. It's definitely a good reason. Good. good. You know, like he, he, met, he met him a little lady friend. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. I'm, I'm not mad at that. No, I can't be mad at you. He hit me up. He was like, Mur. Right. I, can we, I was like, well, what's going on? He told me, I was like, love, bro. Do you, do you, boo? I got this. Right, I, right, I'm, I'm right, kind of right. good at it. I, I'm not, exactly. I can't exactly. be mad at it, you know? I have all the faith in you. That's it. You know what I mean? So, but you've been with Jermaine since pre-college or in college? Actually, I met Jermaine in college and uh, we were friends for a number of years and then we actually started dating his the a few months after his first season with the ravens so we met in college but <laughs> i kind of wanted him to get some things out of the way first i knew he needed to sow his royal oats so to speak i i understand first. And so, um, and he did. And so, um, and then when he was ready to settle down, then we got serious. Uh, uh, my, I have to throw this one over because my boy just jumped on George. He said, did the NFL make the lights go out after the kickoff return because the Ravens were, it wasn't the 49ers, brother. It was the Giants when the lights went out. It was, right. it was the Giants. I, I think, look, 
as a Ravens fan, I'll throw this out here. When those lights went out, my pucker factor was I could have made diamonds. I was so nervous for that because I was like, oh, what kind of setup bullshit is this? Like the lights. Oh, yeah. But that was the second Super Bowl yeah. when the lights went out. And you mean the lights went out during the Giants one? No, that was the no, second That was the Niners Bowl. one then. Okay, I thought that was the Yeah, that, oh, that was the Niners. He's right. That You're was right. the Niners right. one. He's right. He's wrong. right. And when they were in Louisiana. Right. But, but here, here's my thing. So so you you watched Jermaine. You you knew him. You know, you knew who he was. And, and again, I always loved Jermaine because I'm five, seven and a half. He's five, eight, if I remember correctly. Right. So I remember watching him and thinking during my time in the Marine Corps, like this dude's in the NFL at that size. He's taking yeah. hits from monsters. I can do what yeah. I'm doing. He wasn't truly an inspiration for me, believe it or not. Oh. I, I remember those days because I remember seeing who he was. I remember the Lewis, Lewis, Lewis commercials in Baltimore, all those things. So he had a great career, an amazing career that, you know, Thank you. really there, there's not a lot that, that can, can be said, but you saw – the contract negotiation stuff over the years. You saw the yeah. the conversations and all all the things that that were going on. Can you tell me? And I, I don't mean necessarily what his situation was personally. I, I, you know, and if Jermaine ever wanted to come on and talk about it, he'd be welcome here at any point in time. But what was when you heard the news that hey, we're done. That the, we're done with this, you know, because he was in, it was in Jacksonville at that point, right? Yes. yes. So so hey, we're we're done. End of the end of the 04 season. We're not coming back. What right. was that for you? Because I mean, you're in a network. You're in a system. What was right. that like for you? Um, I, you know, it kind of took a second to hit it. Like done. You know, you're kind of like now when you say done, do you mean like done done? <laughs> Like, done, done, done. Like, you know, like, there's levels of done here, you know. But, <laughs> but you know, um, it became apparent that, you know, he was done and he needed to be done, you know. And um, so more than anything, I think you make a choice to say, I can keep fighting this. I can keep trying to stay in it. And, and spinning backwards, you know, um, uh-oh, did I lose you? Uh, I, yeah, I can still hear you. Uh, you okay, know. okay, okay, <laughs> sorry. I can still hear you. Um, but, you know, um, where you, or you accept, you know, that it's time to move on, you know, and make that change and go into the next phase of your life. Um, and that, not to say that that's an easy obviously that's not easy you know no. i mean like i say it's like an early midlife crisis these guys go through you know when most guys are going through it at 50 60 years old when they're experiencing such changes um these guys are feeling it in their 20s and 30s you know they're lucky if there's the one or two every so often that makes it in their 40s you know right. and how many of those are there they're called kickers. You know, right. <laughs> or Tom Brady. I don't know. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're kickers or Tom Brady. But, but you know, absolutely. So, so you, you from, you, you had to be, and this is something that I think is important for a lot of people to hear, not just from a sports standpoint, but you had to be the keystone, the pivot point for him because mm -hmm. he's used to okay it's august it's training camp it's you know mm -hmm. you know yeah. hey oh you know it's july i've got to start doing working out with my personal trainer and get ready for camp to prepare for that to go in oh hey how come my phone isn't ringing to go do this appearance because it's so you had to be that person to create what a standard life in your household was because you you ran your household right. you guys have what three right. sons or two sons uh well uh, we, we have two biological sons and then uh, i have a bonus son who's always been in our home they're all five years apart so and they're all really close so I understand the um, bonus kids. 
I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Between my wife and I, we have eight, and then we went half. We had, she had four, I had three, and we went half on one. Aha! Uh-huh, I get it. I get it. I love it. That's wonderful. So I, I understand I love the, those the, the the bonus kid thing. So, so what was it like to to help Jermaine become part of a normal day to day system? <laughs> I'm still working on that. I got this eyeball like you some bitch. You asked that question. How dare you? <laughs> now I'm like, I'm still working on it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm still working on like you wanna really wanna know. Yes. Um I wish I had an answer because I'm still trying to get him to understand that, you know, well, this is what traditional people do, dear. You know, this is what guys who don't, you know, go play in stadiums for a living do, you know, um, which is not easy for them to understand, you know, it's like, what? I can't even imagine. Yeah, like, I don't do that, you know, a lot of, you know, but, you know, it's just that they're, they, I always said this, these guys, they start out very, very young, usually. Um, They're like on a pathway you know, and they're very focused because they have to be. And um, they don't get a chance to focus on much else. So that transition does become very, very, very difficult when it's time. You know, um, they're not always the most, um, what's the word? Um, you know, uh, when they're homemakers, you know, when right, they they're not normal, lo- those traditional home roles. You know, yeah, dad, you know, come in, he's going to cut the grass. Let me right, show right. The handy the type, you know, exactly. Right. They're not the handy type, you know, um, exactly. You know, he's they like, I don't, I, I, I don't change guys. tires. I get them changed. You know, they're used to a guy that comes and shows up and changes their tires for right. them. You know what I mean? That maintains their cars. But I mean, they literally have guys at the, at the, in the parking lot that wash their cars and back in oh, the really? mountain. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. What? Ray Lewis's uncle was one of them. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, Ray Lewis's uncle had a company where he, um, back, you know, maintained all the players' cars. It was a great idea. Right. And, Look, and from I what it. I understand, they, every team has that. Wow. I never knew that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, oh, a, God. Do, we, there, there might, we might have to do a show just talk about all the perks that, that are out there because I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a great thing. Like in Cleveland, how they get ridden around in golf carts. That's what? even better. Look, <laughs> yeah. They got to get ridden around in something in Cleveland because they ain't doing shit on the field. I know. I'm like, wait, y'all not even doing nothing and y'all get to get ridden around in golf carts? Imagine if they were winning. You know what the great look, I don't know if you knew this because you're you're from around the Baltimore area, right? Originally? Yes. Yep. West so Baltimore. Did you, did you know that where where at Baltimore? Oh, that's right. You went to Poly. You went to Poly. I, I did. I did. I graduated from Poly. Poly. Yes. But did yes. you know that both of our teams were once the Browns? I did not know that. Before no. Before they were the Baltimore Orioles, they were the St. Louis Browns. Said, like, what do you mean the Colts were the Browns at one point? No. Like, okay, okay, okay. The the Orioles were the Browns? They, they, before the Orioles. Well, you learn Orioles, something every day. They were the St. Louis Browns before they got moved in 52 or 53, somewhere around then. Uh, they were moved well, to that, Baltimore. That name's been lucky for us. Yes, it is. And, hey, guess what? <laughs> before they were the New York Yankees, they were the Baltimore Yankees. What? In the not, they early stole 90s. our team. In the early 1900s, <laughs> they were the Baltimore Yankees. But, but yeah, so, I mean, so Whatever. here it is. What what were some of, you know, Jermaine's home now? You, mm-hmm. was there ever a point where you were like, I've got to carry the weight at this point? Do, do you understand what I mean? As, you, as, um, I think you always were probably yeah. carrying the weight because he was <laughs> off and playing games and, and gone yeah. from that that type world but what i mean yeah. is like oh, what's that puppy doing i know she better i'm gonna put her is out that the frenchie? Oh, oh, oh. that's your frenchie right yes. there 
Yeah. If y'all didn't know it, Amara has a French has a little French oh. bulldog who needs lots yeah. of attention. She is yeah. a lot of personality. <laughs> but oh, look at that one. <laughs> like, I look at me like I know you're not about to put me out. Yes, I'm putting yeah. you out. But at you what gotta point get for you, what or was there ever a point for you where you said to yourself, "I'm not just carrying the normal household weight. I've got to help this person make a transition." Um, probably when the alcoholism started taking over. You know, I I don't mm-hmm. think it's a, I don't think it's a a a. a secret that Jermaine had about with alcoholism, you know? I, I never and, Oh, really? No, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Jermaine went through a period where he liked to drink too much, you know? But, um, I mean, honestly, I saw... So, I can't say he just liked to drink too much because it wasn't just that, you know? It was like he, like... Uh, towards ACL and MCL. Uh, he was targeted by another player, actually, during a particular coach's reign. Um, oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Are we talking about, oh, uh, Sean, uh, the hell is his name? It was one of his coaches who actually started the target. Yeah, the, and yeah. Yeah, so, so anyway, but, but yeah, so one of his players, so he was targeted, he towards ACL and MCL. And so he was home and he was depressed about it, you know, and he just started, you know, drinking um, during his rehabilitation period, you know, when he really couldn't do anything else. And um, he and I mean, I think it was really out of depression, but then there was anxiety, you know, and then concussions, if anyone knows anything about concussion syndrome. Um, or in concussions period, uh, they do increase anxiety. So he had a lot of anxiety. Um, and so people think that alcohol can cure anxiety, which they don't know that it's a depressant, right. you know, so it's only going to make things worse and compound things. So, you know, just um that's kind of how that happened and uh so i watched that whole thing happen and i took a lot of the blame for it you know in a lot of ways because i wish i kind of had been stronger during that period for him and maybe you know it's like maybe if i hadn't done this and maybe if i hadn't done that or you know you just end up you find yourself blaming yourself for things that you know um you wish you had been stronger too you know and but when I look back, I just look at so many unfortunate things that transpired that created that situation that were just a result of him playing, being, you know, a football player. And um, so when he, after he became an alcoholic, then yeah, a lot of the weight fell on me, you know. Um, I'm not, not financially, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, there were, cause you know, we separated actually for a time. So, um, at that time, you know, things were definitely falling on me financially. Um, it became, you know, increasingly difficult financially, you know, it's always difficult when right. you're living in two separate households, not to say he wasn't there for me when I needed him, but it's two separate households, period. But, you know, but but I will say that it helped a lot because it put us in a better financial situation. Like I was able to get health insurance, you know, the NFL required that he had health insurance before they would um, really assist him in getting uh, help. But they so the did. NFL helped with the alcoholism. Yeah, the NFL That's trust. Awesome. The NFL trust. Um, which is a branch of the NFL, branch of the Players Association. So, um, I'm sorry, not the NFL, the NFL Players Association. Uh, you, so, which is the NFL you, Trust. I, I, I'm hearing you talk about that, and I'm hearing what Marquise was talking about. I think these are things that it's very interesting to me that I, I don't think any of us knew. I knew that the players associate, I don't know anything about the collective bargaining agreement that they have. Mm-hmm. I was a union mm-hmm. guy myself for years. Yeah. I don't know their agreement, but 
it sounds like today compared to I have my number 70 Artie Donovan jersey. I loved Artie Donovan. I went to school with his daughter. I used to see him all the time. He is the he was the greatest. He was great to listen to Hilarious. on Sunday mornings before games yeah. in Baltimore because he'd be like, ah. I had 17 broken bones in my leg. Right. Coach right. was like, you better get out there or you're not getting paid this week. And right. he'd be like, well, right. fuck it. I guess I'm going to play. I, I guess I'm them. going to play. Yeah, but that's the truth. But, but those, yeah, guys I, I, those guys got nothing. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. so, so you. Luckily, he, he made the most out of it. You oh, know God. what I mean? He like. Was. He and, and I mean, like Johnny Unitas, he made, you know, good money for that era. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I went to school with his. I, it's crazy because I have some similar. It's crazy how Marcus and I have some similar stories because I actually went to school with Johnny Unitas's two youngest sons. And so on when I graduated from it's the from the Calvert School, which was an elementary school only at the time, um, he shook my hand, he sought me out, and I could see him, I would always watch him, you know what I mean? And so I, I can remember like standing on the front and I'm like watching him come across and I'm like, he's coming towards me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he came and he shook my hand and he said, you did a great job. Oh, that's awesome. Oh my God. Like. It would make me tear up and cry for so many years because well, it should. It makes me want to tear up and cry. I know. It oh really, my god! It's it wasn't like, me. It, it, it's uh, right. <laughs> but yeah, like because like I was the only black girl in my class, that was so difficult, um, and he knew it. He knew it, you know, and like. That's the, the type of person he was. He was though. the general, though. He was. He, look, he was. You got, they can all take their Tom Brady's and their, you know, all these other quarterbacks and Josh Allen's so great. And look, I, <laughs> I look, I think Lamar is Lamarvelous. Don't get it twisted. Right. But you are not the general. You are not <laughs> the man that stood out there when they could throw dirt in your face, gouge your right. eye out, and you still called your own plays while Ted Marchabroda was eating your lunch on the sidelines. You weren't that guy. Listen to me. Yeah. You weren't that guy. Like, yeah. I think most of these guys today, I love them all. They're all bigger, stronger, and faster than those guys were yeah. back then. True. But you ain't harder. You you ain't. No. Like the helmets alone they had to With wear. Like Marty Donovan. God was a Marine during World War II and then went and played in the NFL. Wow. You didn't know that? that? Yeah. Artie no. Donovan was a Marine. And, wow. And, and then went and played in the NFL. That's, again, why I love him. But so Chuck I want to get back that, to, to your story, that. though, is so so here it is. You're asking, yes. the, are we done? Done, done, done? Or just done, done? Like, how many right. dones are we? Right. You now, levels to it. Then, then you're dealing with a husband who falls into this depressive state and you have to separate while still trying to keep, keep everything going. Was there ever anything like what was your support system? Does the NFL wives association, like, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. There there are, there are, uh, but once you're not a wife, (laughs) it's not a thing anymore. Now, I would say this. I, I'm still friends with certain wives, um, but it's a very clicky oh, I bet. group, you know, oh, I so it's women. You, you weren't know, hanging out with Giselle? Money. You weren't hanging out with Giselle? Ah, no, I didn't know Giselle. I didn't Giselle know Giselle. wasn't like, hey, girl. No, no. I, you know, it's funny because I do know Robin loosely through Robin some Dixon. associations. Robin Dixon, um, oh, who's okay. also on, yeah, on Potomac, who's like Giselle's, <laughs> it's funny, because another reality star just called Robin Dixon starless, but Giselle is a star, so that's funny. But anyway, I, <laughs> but Robin Dixon is from Baltimore, though. She's married to Juan Dixon. Oh, that's so good. Well, look, I mean, yeah. anyway, you, you're harder than Woodpecker Lips if you're from Baltimore. Like, we don't play games. I know. I That's know. a whole nother story how I think that TV has ruined Baltimore. I honestly believe that. TV has ruined our city. And here's yeah. why I say that. Because we had shows like The Wire, The Corner, yes. Um, yes. 
uh, The Rock, um, all these shows that always homicide life on the streets. Yeah. Every TV show that portrays our city always yeah. portrays it as just as jacked up as jacked up can be. But yeah. if you've never lived there, you've never been to Sabatini's, Tio Pepe's, Squires, ah, yeah. uh, Jimmy Seafood. You've never gone to, to Merritt Sub or, or uh, what the heck's the one I can't think of? Uh, uh, Pizza John's. You've never gone to those places. You've never stopped at Third Eye Comic or grabbed a snowball or grabbed a pit beef sandwich. Extra horseradish and onions, please. You know, a corn, a corn beef roll. Uh, right. Like you, <laughs> I love corn beef done, roll. <laughs> like you've never done those things. Yes. Please don't hate on my town. Please don't think yeah. like because you don't you don't know like you don't know like it's different. Right. We're just right. My mother, my mother still lives there. We'll be there this weekend. Coming up, we're going down to cool. Merriweather uh, to see a concert. Oh, okay. A exactly. Yeah. And my mother always says it. Baltimore is the biggest small town in the country. Yes, it is. If you're Italian, you still is. live in Little Italy. If right, you're Jewish, you right. still live in Pikesville. If yep. you're, you, you know, if, 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 you know, you might live, if you're Irish, Irish, well, you probably live in Dundalk. I don't Irish know. But I, I will say, like, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm some areas there. are kind of sh sh shifting a little bit. Like, it's like funny because our city is kind of growing. I mean, I'll, I'll say, like, we made some strides in the past couple of years that I, I'm I'm happy to see. And I'm I'm curious of strides though. But but you kind of you I'm gonna feed off of that that word stride. So, okay. how yeah. was it making those strides forward a, as a you know as that that spouse to say okay, mm -hmm. this is our new normal. We're not yeah. signing you know, and I don't know Jermaine's contracts. I, I could probably Google it. Everything's on Google. Mm -hmm. but, right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. But but what was it like going from it was a lifestyle. You could walk into a restaurant and people were like, Mr. Lewis, have a seat. Right, right. You know, you went from that lifestyle to today, depending upon where you went, most if you were like, Hey, we have a table, they would be like, We'll get right to you. Right, right, right. What was um, it like? I think that um we never really been people who needed that attention, you know, um, so it wasn't, that part wasn't really hard. We're, pro, we're both really low key people for the most part. And he's really low. Oh, he's super chill. Yeah. Already, he's like, I figured that out the other day when you were like, Hey, who's that person? He's that. Right. I'm like, I'm like, my man is just as chill as the black. Yeah, he he like people do not realize that like he could just stay home, not he doesn't need any glitz and glamour, you know, at all. Like he he really he people he would he actually like does does this most of the time. He sits like the, I mean like he'll sit around and he'll he does a thing where he puts his I know shirt exactly. Up. I know people that do that. I know people. That yeah, do in front it, of his face, and I really up. think that it's that's his mask. You know what I mean? To like ward like people off because he doesn't like to talk to you know like a whole lot of people. You know, I mean like we literally live on a lot of land because like he doesn't like to talk to a lot of people. You know, it's like we lived in the community before this and uh, one day, like the last day of school, um, all the kids got off the bus, rang our doorbell and we, I opened the door and they're like, can I have your autograph? He's like, oh God, I, I, I can't. <laughs> you know, it was just like too much for him. It was just like too much for Aww, him. Right? Look at all the little peanuts. But they like yeah, I know. Not you know, of course he signed everyone's autograph. He didn't have a problem with that, but it was just like I think that that attention, like and I think much. he didn't want yeah, it was just too much for him, you know. Like I, oh, I get God. that. So so what was now, you know, every great story has to have a good turning point. Yeah. So so you know, and and I know my, we love Nate. Nate Nate has his he he puts his credit in there for oh, yeah. returners. But right, right. For you as a family, 
what was it like did you have to give an ultimatum like shit or get off the pot type thing yeah what was it for you that that really was the thing that you had to be the strong person for him to say all right we're done with this bullshit for one the first thing i had to do was i had to completely stop drinking you You know yeah yeah where it was like because i i would like i like coors light you know what I mean? So you're a water drinker. Um, you like water. Cold yeah, water. exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. I I liked it. You know, uh, I went. But this is the thing. I mean, I used to like champagne. You know, when when he was playing, <laughs> I drank champagne. You make me feel when he played. Is it wrong to feel horrible as I'm sitting here drinking bourbon? No. Like I'm drinking like. No, no. Look, I, I I like wine. Like I can have like a few glasses of wine now here and there, you know. But or I still like champagne. I still like champagne every once in a while. And he doesn't mind if I have like you know wine or champagne every once in a while, I'm, as long as I'm not like getting shit based, getting sloshed, anything like. Yeah, you know he's that's and then it took some time for that even. You know what I mean? But he's fine with that. Um, and he, he lets people do them also, you know, like even if you were here and you wanted to drink, he's going to say, do life. you, you know, exactly. That is your life. Um, as long as you're not disrespectful, um, he's fine. So um, how do we get on that? So, but, but we were oh. talking about, you said, so you stopped drinking. I had to stop drinking. Right. Get off the right. right. And I, so that was the first thing. I had to make a decision. I had to shit or get off the pot, basically. Like, I can't keep expecting him to stop drinking. And then I'm still drinking Coors Light, though. So I stopped drinking. And then one day, he finally couldn't say to me, well, you're, you drink, too. You're doing you know? it. He, yeah, he couldn't say that to me anymore. So um, that was one thing. And then I think our oldest son... Uh, started reaching like drinking age and I think he started experimenting oh. and that so that was like that was the final thing that he was like I really want to get sober for that because at that point I could you know it's easy to say like look at what you're doing you know what I mean do you want your son to become you know, to go down the road that you've gone down. So, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of an eye-opener, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what did it. But now we can yeah. we can comfortably say yeah. that yeah. after he, the lights have gone out for Jermaine on, yes. on, on the field, mm-hmm. he, your family is, is in a good place. Yes. You guys are in a good place. Yes. You, you know, you've got, and you're like, like you, you kind of hinted at this the other day. Do you want to tell everybody what you're doing now? As far, which career wise, career wise. Oh, I do so much career wise, but you know, I'm like, I am an estimator in construction. I'm a construction estimator. I'm in uh, restoration. So I uh, take a house. If you have water damage, uh, mold, fire damage, any, anything like that. And we restore it to a pre-loss condition. I like it. And, and is, yeah. is Jermaine still doing appearances and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He so, sure is. You uh, can uh, reach out to either one of us if you, you know, um, like to book him for any appearances. You reach and out you to Amara. And then she'll yeah. go ahead and, and and book Jermaine, put him into an Uber, send him where he needs to be, have a right. car, pick him we, back we, up. We're a package deal. We usually come together. <laughs> I liked it better. In, I liked it better in my mind that he, <laughs> he was walking to the door and you were handing him a brown paper. And his lunch. Handing him a brown paper bag and being like, "You're going. You're going to the opening of the new standard carpet on Joppa Road. Go ahead and sign autograph." I will have an Uber there. I expect you to get back in and let's go. I love it. That's what I had in my head. I wish. Because I I have this feeling like uh, you got a little pit bull in you, Myra. You got a little bit. And I mean that in the most positive, loving way. Oh, I I welcome it. It's okay. Like you ain't taking shit. Mm -mm. I'm from Baltimore. Come on now. 
you, like, yeah, how could okay? I? Like you okay with somebody still calling you hun, babe, sweet, sweetheart, and dear? Uh, I don't. Come on now. That's what we. You know what? Sidebar. Left turn for a minute before we got to get ready to close the bar up here for a minute, uh-huh. folks. I will never forget. I'm up in upstate New York, Albany area. Uh huh. Uh huh. We were at a restaurant, and my my best friend, and his husband, we were we're out to, to dinner. The first time that anyone ever said to me. Waitress came over. Blah blah blah. Thank you, dear. I appreciate it. And they go, "What did you call her?" <laughs> I don't. I don't call her anything. You call her dear. Anything. You called her dear. I said, "And your point?" And they're like, "You can't do that to people." And I said, "Listen to me. If you came back home with me, male or female, my mom's probably calling you hun, sweet sweetheart, or babe at the restaurant." Right. Here, I'm a baber. Are you a baber? <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a deer. Thank you, dear. I appreciate it. Thanks for right. it. That's me. Right. So you're a deer. I love you. Yeah. You're a baby. See, that's yeah. such a Baltimore thing. And just like we talked yeah. the other day, where'd you go to school? Right. Who, me? Yeah, Are you, you asking me or what we saying? When we talked about this the other day. Yes. Yes. Everybody. Yes. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you yeah. go to school? Where'd you go to school? Like, like, you already know where I went to school. You went to college. <laughs> that tells you what neighborhood you grew up in. I need to right. know where you went to school because that. I need to know what neighborhood you're from. Right, right. That says everything. Well, Miss yeah. Amira, what else do you have going on? Because we're getting ready to close the bar here. But you got anything else going on? Any anything that we? Well, we do. We are launching our website, which should be up and running by next week. So stay tuned. Follow us at eighty four speed LLC. And uh, yeah, look up for some exciting new. We have all kind of apparel going on and then i'll be doing some lifestyle stuff also um from there but for right now we have the cartoon we have the phenom brand affiliates so affiliate with the phenom brand affiliation uh, and we're working on some other things as well and um we are going to be featuring all kinds of apparel all kinds of some we have some how-to videos coming up we're going to be featuring some subscriptions coming up so we have a lot of things in the works so just stay tuned follow us on 84 speed.com 84 speed llc llc.com and did i hear and um, correct me if i'm wrong did i hear somebody might be doing a little bit of coaching I don't know. I don't know. Can we talk know. about that? I don't know. Can I just hint at it a little bit? We're, Can so, I hint at it? No, 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 no. no. You know, he used to be a coach at St. Francis before. Saint Francis. So I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. So don't get me to lie. I mean, I, I heard a little, I mean, a little birdie was in my ear talking about like somebody that was going that got like either a free agent or drafted and then they, they might be working together. Did learn oh how- yeah 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 I mean, yeah, yeah, talk- yeah I mean that I mean he's he is doing some coaching with some guys that are uh on the team he is doing that now I mean what look do do we look we all know who we trust you know yeah over there in Baltimore do, yeah. do, do we need to call do I need to put in some phone calls and be like look I, like there's a guy like why are we not playing there's your best return man it like he could he got to be Got to be the best return man in, in Ravens history. Yeah, I know he. I. Uh, yeah. I. Who. Who I mean, knows? I mean. I mean. They had. We had Devin Hester for two seconds, but he was washed up by time. But yeah, look, the human joystick <laughs> was was done by the time he got to us. Yeah. I think he might still had some returns or something like that. Yeah, that I point, think so. Uh, the the nothing quite like Jermaine. But yeah. I mean, look, Jermaine. Folks, again, we had Marquise Ogden, who tells you four V's, visualize, vocalize, vote, and vicinity. If you're in that dark place, I don't care what you've been doing. If you were in sports, if you've had to walk away, especially my my fellow service members, we go from a world where every day this is what we live. We live those ethos. We live that lifestyle Mm -hmm. with our people. And then we have to go into another lifestyle. Visualize vocalize vote vicinity Vicinity. think about those things and again the other side to that is not all of us can have any mara in our lives you know (laughs) i'm glad to have made friends with her i'm glad to have somebody around and uh we're going to see what other things that we can do together here but you need to have that pillar in your life though you have to be your own pillar 
to start with. But if I, if I can tell you anything, a single pillar will fall over once weight is put on it. Two pillars will hold together. So make sure you have that second pillar in your life once those lights go out and you start that next chapter in your life, whether you're going from a career in sports or whatever that career happens to be. Now, Missy Mar, we have a tradition on all of my shows. And don't log off on me because we got to talk for a moment. On, okay. all, on all of my shows. And again, folks, let me say this before I, I pass this over to, to Imara to do the last part here. If you enjoyed this, if this, this is the first time we've done as after the lights go out, if you enjoy this, please reach out to me, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast. If you enjoyed this, if you want to see more like this, let me know your feedback. Let me know if you like the way we styled this or if there was something else that you would like. If you personally know a, a Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three athlete that's no longer doing this, uh, I patterned this. You, you didn't hear me talk about this before here, Imara. I got this idea from a prior guest on my regular show, Laura, Laurie, Lauren Amon from uh, Cincinnati, who was a Division One swimmer. And when she swam her last meet, it was over. And those are sports that I'm really interested in. So if you know anybody who played in a sport that there is no pro unless you're going to the Olympics and you mm -hmm. can say, hey, I know this person that played in this sport or that sport, please okay. reach out. Let me know who you got. But as a tradition that I always believe in, Marquis got a little bit of his. This is one of my favorite things to do. The guest always gets the final word. So what's the final word? Anywhere? Whatever you got, my dear. Oh, you mean like a saying? Whatever you feel like. Okay. Uh, oh, Lord, the spotlight is on me. Well, I want to say every day is a chance to be more. All righty, folks. Be sure to push your <laughs> This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 